Hello there, welcome to Over a Couple of Drinks, uh, the actual podcast, no other fucking show at all. I'm Bill. <laughs> Whoa, no more spinoffs. I'm Chris. I'm LB. Uh, and yeah, welcome back everybody. It's been a while. It's been a long while. We've been doing a lot of other things, like The Regulars, which is a recap episode of TV shows. Or uh, Top Shelf, which is soon replacing News You Can Use. So this is the last podcast that's going to have News You Can Use. Yup, and... Happy Hour, which is us playing Vigi Games. Vigi Games. Vigi Games. Vigi Games. So yeah, this will still be a monthly thing we'll do. Yeah, instead of uh, doing the podcast every, what were it, two weeks? It was like yeah. two weeks, yeah. We were really burnt out on that. We're going yeah. to do a podcast once a month, kind of as a special flavor thing. And, uh, because we got, we, you know, with summer coming up, not to date this or anything, but summer's coming up and we're all going to be busy doing all kinds of fun stuff. So we'll be able to. I don't know, you know if you know this, but my existence is go to work, come home, fall asleep, go to work, come home, fall asleep. Well, it's, but yep. it's nice out. And it's <laughs> nice out, you know? And somehow in that midst, you take care of a kid and a cat. <laughs> that fucking. You know, Jonesy will be around, don't worry. He's our special guest tonight. <laughs> Say hello, Jonesy. He's in the other room. Yeah, I think, I <laughs> Thank think, you, Jonesy. I think he's sleeping in the shower because he <laughs> likes it there. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, so let's do the last news you can use on the podcast, yeah? Uh, Birch, why don't you break down what we're talking about? Hell yeah. So, you you want all the news topics? Or, like, like we just well, hold on, hold on, I have to do it properly or LB will yell at me. What's on tap tonight? Aha. Uh-huh. So, do you want me to... <laughs> yes! Okay. So, news you can use. We're looking at the Supergirl trailer. Uh, um, let's skip that next one. Because that goes with Supergirl. Oh, uh, okay. Um, the, holo- the trailer for Gem and the Holograms, which is something that I'm just learning about. <laughs> just, my world's changing. Um, Sega being dumb. Uh, yep. Blade Runner 2 and how we do not want it. At least I don't. Uh, Ender's Spitterman. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> and uh, my uh, the the uh, the awful things that I have sown. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel. Some more bullshit news. Okay, so before we dive into that, well, uh, Chris is being a bitch and not drinking tonight. It's been a long day, bro. All right, I was driving for like six hours and raw. Brah. And, like, I need I've had, I just had ice cream, and I've had all kinds of stuff in my body today. Just alcohol don't feel good right now. So, uh, it's my, it's my excuse. Alright, LB, what are you drinking? I have been surviving today on beer and barbecue sauce. <laughs> my insides are angry. <laughs> but for now, I'm drinking this uh, vanilla java porter from Atwater Brewery. I'm drinking Summer Ale by Sam Adams because it was on sale. <laughs> Married life kids, all you do is buy shit that's on sale. Get ready, it's coming. <laughs> For the first time since we started doing over a couple of drinks, we can now finally do this. This, Because we're all sitting on my couch in the basement, and my wife will text me when she can hear us while she's sleeping. <laughs> so let's crack in the news you can use real quick. Um, let's talk to Supergirl. Okay. So did we all see this trailer? Yes. yes. Okay. What are okay, um, for the, all you people listening in? There are so many of you. Uh, we hope all three um, of you. The uh, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> it's we're us. the only ones who listen to ourselves. We're, we're that narcissistic. Um, I don't know about you. 
Uh, Supergirl is a show that is uh, coming out on TV, I think, in the fall. It started out, and uh, no one really asked for it, but it's, it's happening anyway. Um, and they just released the first trailer for it. And I personally am not a fan, but we'll get into that in a minute. What do you guys think? Who by trailer we mean like season preview? Yeah, it was like seven minutes long. Yeah, they, bas- long. they basically showed us the whole pilot. Yeah, yeah, pretty much in like a clip format. Um, the quality is good. I like the lead actress. I hate all the melodramatic, dramatic, cliche bullshit. Mm-hmm. What, Birch? What was the way you described the? Uh... That. It's like ugly Betty with superpowers. Yes, <laughs> and that's my problem. Like you meet, uh, what's her name? Who the Supergirl? Oh, Supergirl. Her name was Planner. Uh, oh, Kara. Kara. Is, yeah. Is, Kara, that, her, is that her secret? Oh, I think I meant the actor name. No, Kara. Uh, Kara Zor-El is her name. Yeah, but what does she go by on Earth? Because it's like Clark Kent. Is it just Kara? No, she literally goes by Kara. Okay, okay. I didn't. I didn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a few beers deep right now, folks. <laughs> well, no one really knows Supergirl. Like, I had to look that up. Other than the terrible 1970-something, or was it 80-something yeah. movie that was just bad. Yeah, that almost single-handedly ruined female superhero movies. Yep. Side note. Uh, superhero movie, uh, female superhero movies, does not have a good track record. No. We no. have we have Supergirl, Electra, and Catwoman. Catwoman. <laughs> So well, we're, getting, we're getting Captain Marvel, at least, so hopefully they'll do something uh, right. I we should be getting Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's that. Oh, yeah, we should add that to the list, too. Remind me that about Wonder Woman. They leaked uh, some art footage that could possibly be what she looks like. Yeah. Um. Anyways, um, Kara is a, a assistant to a magazine editor. Something like something, that. Something like she's a Peter Parker type. She's, she's, she's basically <laughs> Anne Hathaway from Devil Wears Prada. That's it. That's it. And uh, it's painful to watch and the office best friend has He's a huge... got a thing for her. Oh. Ooh. And she has a thing for the new guy who happens to be Jimmy Olsen. James Olsen. Oh. <laughs> and cliche can't talk to him because she has a crush on him. Yep. And she has an apartment she can't really afford for the job she's doing in a city that's way too expensive. And it's just, the whole first half of this trailer just made me want to vomit. It got better, I guess, Mm. once she started doing things that were actually superhuman. Well, because the the lead actress, again, we don't know her name and I don't want to attempt to butcher it. And LB hasn't been prepped far far enough to correct me. I know who she is. Yeah, uh, (laughs) she, she has super charismatic. And I love that because when it shows her like doing her training phase or whatever, when it's like you have a a, a chase going on, a car chase, can you do? Yeah, I, I can do that. Or or like she before she can find out she can fly, she goes, I can fly, maybe I don't know. And it's really charming, and I love it. And like uh, we have a we have an armed robbery at a bank. You think you can, you think you're bulletproof? Maybe. And it's just she's she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's, she's she, if anything we're gonna save the show, it's her. Exactly. Um, my, I think my biggest thing about it is that uh, we, you know, as we all know, we, I personally would love to see a really good superhero thing starring a female because this doesn't happen very often, and I just don't like the fact that this this is really this is happening and it's kind of you know kind of uh, streamlining it, and they're going with romantic comedy. Yeah. It did, like does it have to be that because it's a female lead? 
I mean, I don't need it dark and gritty. No, I don't either. But, but, but it's just well, cliche is cliche. Don't you know if you have a female lead, you have to have a male love interest? Yeah. That's from <laughs> way movies If they're work. not talking about a guy or interested in a guy, then, well, it's just not a good enough character. Right. We're being sarcastic. We're being very sarcastic. Um, the other, the one thing that really made me want to turn off the trailer was when she joins this super group. Oh, I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I even watched that far. I stopped at like, like four. She minutes. joins this like government group to stop aliens or whatever, and then Justice the, League, something like that. But like her boss, like the the guy who's in charge, goes, "If you don't want to be, a, I don't trust you." Blah blah blah. Why don't you go back to serving coffee? And I'm like, she could crush you to death with her pinky finger, and she storms out because she's an emotional wreck. And I'm like. We're trying to make a strong female lead here. Come on, people. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, dev- I never really intended to watch it because I'm not into a lot of the DC shows, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, it. I don't know. This isn't. This isn't looking of, of the DC shows. This one isn't looking good. It's not looking like a better one anyway. Uh, Ellie, what do you think? I think. I mean. Are we done talking about the show itself and want to get into the DC stuff? Uh, we can in a minute. I, I, I don't, I'm not completely throwing this away yet because, again, the quality of effects look really good and this lead actress has enough to pull this into a good direction. I think the first episode might bite, but I think if they move away from the stupid melodrama, it will be really, really good. But to me, it looks like it's going to have the same problems that I have with Flash where you have the superhero... And then you have her team of buddies who sort of know who she is. And, and does all the legwork. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of her being sort of on her own and, you know, hiding. I mean, that's usually why superheroes don't reveal who they are, because they want to protect the people near them. Yeah, at the end of the trailer, it's like, out of the, what, what did I say last night? Like, the four supporting cast, three of them know she's Supergirl kind of thing. It's very weird mm-hmm. uh, to have that much come out. I don't know. I I think this could be really good, but in the this trailer state right now, it's it's got a lot to do. But you know what? So was Agents of Shield, and that got amazing. Yeah, and I I have to take your word for that. I still haven't gotten into it. I intend to hopefully this summer. Bill Paxton makes everything better. Yep. And then the dude from Twin Peaks makes everything better. What's the guy from Twin Peaks? Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he is. He's amazing in season two of Shield. Go watch the regulars. All right, LB, you want to talk about this next part of uh, the DC Universe? Yeah, this, this, here's where DC goes wrong. <laughs> and, well, one of the many ways. Now that they're doing this Supergirl mo- or TV show, that's one. Yep, she's not in the same universe. The you know as uh, Arrow and Flash. That's two. Or Gotham. That's three. Or the movie universe. That's four. So, so now we're down to four separate. DC universes within different forms of media. Now, well, within the just live action, you know, yeah, TV and movies. TV and movies. Now, I, I will <laughs> before we get too far into this. I don't think everything needs to be in a shared universe. Transformers. Uh, I don't think <laughs> everyone needs to rush to make a universe. Yeah. The thing that works well for Marvel is that they have always been connected. DC didn't start off connected. It got connected eventually. Marvel, on the other hand, started connected and was uh, always connected. That was always the plan. It was always the plan to be one thing. Eventually, universes split off, but then those universes stayed connected. Mm-hmm. The Ultimate Universe was always a part of the Ultimate Universe. And that worked for them. I'm not, I'm not saying everything needs to be connected, but DC's trying to compete with Marvel, which leads to LB's point. Yeah. 
And the fact that Marvel has been able to keep it up for seven years and still be complete, all everything is completely connected is really impressive. Doesn't mean it has to be that way. But why do you need to separate into four different universes? It gets so confusing. And especially when some of these TV shows have been doing really good work. Like everybody was generally positive about Arrow and is generally positive about Flash. Flash though, is getting great reviews. Yeah. You you would think they would scoop these up and take the fandoms that are with them and transplant them into the movie theater mm-hmm. seats, you know? But instead they're making a point to say, no, these are not in the same universe. And I don't know if it has to do with, like, you know, the studios in terms of, like, the, the television ones, like CW or... or the actors or being looking too young or something. But, like... They in the Supergirl trailer, one of the things that first of all, in the in the uh, Arrow and Flash worlds, they are they are not allowed to mention Superman. He's not he's one of the characters they just are not allowed to use or, in, in any way. Or Batman. Or Batman. And in the Which Supergirl is why trailer, Arrow fights like Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. and like he's basically becoming Batman. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they they Batman for all we know doesn't exist in that universe. Um, and in the Supergirl trailer, obviously because Supergirl, they they can use Superman, and they kind of hint at Man of Steel connections, like the font of the S on her chest looks a lot like the Man of Steel one, and they even kind of hint at the uh, exchange between Lois and Clark in the uh, Man of Steel movie, when one of the people says, like, oh, it, look, you even got the S on your chest, and she says, oh, it's not an S, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it stands for hope. It stands for hope! And she's like, it's my family's coat of arms. I'm like, okay, close enough. Um... But, but, they're, but they're clearly trying to connect it to Man of Steel. But then they, then they say it's, it's not in the same universe. So it's like, why well, do you put that if, you're, in there? if you're trying to, to get... I mean, obviously, you know, Man of Steel is, is the new big Superman thing. It only came out two years ago, and people still remember it. So it's like, okay, you're trying to get pick up that fandom from that, but then why not just... If you're going to do that, and I guess the real reason is that they don't want to get all jumbled up with the movie storylines of this big cinematic universe they're making. So it just, I don't know, it just seems so much. And it, the worst part is that, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a big Marvel fanatic, and I really do want to give DC a chance, but I think we can all agree that DC's just doing this because Marvel did it first, yeah. and they want to get back in the game. Well, not to mention, I don't know, we forgot to show it because I just remembered now, the Legends of Tomorrow trailer. Oh, I forgot about which that. Which is the big team-up with Arrow, Flash, uh, the Atom, White Canary... Firestorm, Captain Cold, and Heatwave from all of that are doing like a mini Defenders Avengers thing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be on the CW, so they're building their own universe kind of thing. So it's a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff. And it could work. Hmm. I don't know. In no. the end, DC's kind of being dumb. I feel like they're trying to play catch-up, but they're playing it wrong. Yeah. And I, I, I still, I don't have anything in terms of this big cinematic universe to go on because we're just waiting on Batman and Superman. Yeah. So, I mean, until that comes out next March, we still don't have much to say in terms of judging it besides Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, and, I think that's all we have to talk about. This. Yeah. We've, 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 we, we, I feel really bad because we rag on DC a lot. But Everybody all the does. but I mean, all the news we are getting from when them, they give me reason not to, I will yeah. I will eat my words so hard. We we will gladly eat crow on this podcast if uh, Batman v Superman is good, mm-hmm. and, and then if Suicide Squad is good, awesome. Please be good, do good things. Please, as as a comic book fan, not Marvel or DC, no. Please be good. LB, yeah. Tell me about Gem and the Holograms. Gem and the Holograms was one of those TV shows growing up. That 
I mean, it's not around the same time as He-Man and Transformers, and it's about this kick-ass uh, pop star who had a secret identity as just a regular person, and she used holograms to put on her uh, cons- or her uh, pop star persona on stage, and off stage she sort of uh, got into some cool action sequences and fought crime and that sort of thing. And not all the time. And it was not like, all the time. It, I mean, not to sound like the weird sexist thing, but this was clearly a girl's show. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the thing. My sister loved the show. I, you know, yeah. Gemini, I didn't care for it when You were watching kid. Transformers. I was watching He-Man and Turtles. Yep. You know, the, back then it was clearly gender specific. But, you know, I caught bits and pieces of Gem because even back then I knew a cute girl when I saw it, even if she was a cartoon. What up? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So in this show there was this guy who was, you know, trying to destroyed Gem and the Holograms and her business and everything because, for whatever reason, business stuff. Well, now they're making a movie. <laughs> and, hold on. As someone who just watched it, watched it, what Birch, the, what Birch, the fuck? What the fuck is it? Why don't is... you tell me about the 2015 movie, Gem and the Holograms? Well, Gem <laughs> wants to be a rock star. In the 80s. But she's not, because she's in 2015. And it... I I did not know this thing existed. I think I heard a reference to it once on an Adult Swim skit. And uh, it... I don't... I, I know the whole truly, truly outrageous tagline. That's all I know about this show until as of... No, 30, I don't, I don't care about the show. Ago. Tell me about the movie trailer you just watched no more it, than 10 minutes ago. It's it's about... it's It's Dreamgirls. It's it's eighty white eighties dream girls. It's like we're gonna make a band and we're gonna do some good things. Oh, the leader of the band is becoming a different person and we're branching out and trying to do a solo thing, I guess. That's what I got kind of. So it's like fucking Jersey boys and dream girls together, except white eighties girls. I think the thing we said was this if they made a Sailor Moon T V show where they didn't have superpowers and fight monsters and aliens. Yeah, well like and, and I I'm I'm not familiar with this show, but did they not didn't wasn't there more to it? Yes, there's much more to it. So now they're just taking the basis of it and just be like, well, I don't know, that'd be like if they make a new Popeye movie and he's just a guy in a boat. (laughs) From what we saw in the trailer, they're amping up the personal relationship drama between the characters and playing down all the things that made Gem and the Holograms cool. Well, yeah, like the the fantastical elements almost. Yeah, the holograms. (laughs) The holograms. I mean, you're calling it Gem the Holograms, and yet there's these girls who... Don't even know what the 80s are. If I, you know, played the money for nothing, they wouldn't understand what the fuck they were watching, you know? Uh, it just, it's really weird to see them dress up in this clearly 80s pop star mentality look. I don't know if I'm using the right words anymore. I'm just gibbering. Because this is fucking baffling. And honestly, the movie is sort of a satire in the modern recording industry. You know, they have that joke where they look at this poster and they say, is that us? You know, the band on the poster... And uh, Juliet Lewis character says, "No, that's Photoshop." And then, of course, Gem herself gets famous by uh, someone putting her singing on YouTube, which is how a lot of people are gaining notice. Justin Bieber these days. <laughs> Wait, were we name dropping? I just are we name dropping? I just name drop Justin Bieber. Who? Justin Bieber. I'm not familiar. Justine. Justine. I'm not familiar. Anyway, and I think. But is I don't know if there's a reason the movie is doing that. I mean, what is there a reason for the satire? Or are they just using it as like a tongue in cheek? Yeah, this is how the recording industry is now. Haha, that's it. Yeah, this it, we're just baffled by this because the TV show 
The, the movie has nothing to do with the TV show other than they ripped the name. The, yeah, and the basis of the characters. Yeah. So, as of right now, we're not watching it ever again. No. I, I've never even thought about watching it's it. It's like, like Bertrand say, it's just the girl's rise to stardom and her trials and tribulations along the way as she deals with her new identity and mm-hmm. her relationships with her friends. Do you think they should change the name to The Wonders? Like, I wondered what happened to the Oneaters. You know, there used to be a great film um, that had a similar storyline. And I don't remember what it was called, because there were three movies around that same time about a kid who becomes a baseball star. And then Rookie, of the, Rookie year. of the Year is the one. With, uh, with Gary, Busey Gary Busey as the retiring uh, pitcher, yes. And his friends get upset because they feel like he's leaving him them behind for his career as a baseball star. <laughs> We just we just saw it the movie. Yes. Yeah, we, we we've, we've seen Gem, and it's uh, it was rookie uh, of the year. Uh, B minus, solid B minus, solid B minus. All right, moving on. This this one is Sega released their sales numbers for their games last year, and they were disappointed. They said that Alien Isolation, uh, widely considered the best Alien game ever, and this is coming a year after Alien. Colonial Marines, which is considered the worst alien game ever, sold 2.11 million copies and was considered weak sales. What do you guys think of that? Well, it's hard for me to, I guess, maybe I don't get what is considered a lot of money in big companies like that, because to me, selling 2. What is it? 2.11 million. million copies. Is, now, that's a lot. Granted, it was on the winter sale for Steam where you could pick it up for 20 bucks instead of the 60 But you still have to imagine that 20 bucks for a game, they're still making some type of profit off of Does that. Does it have DLC? It has DLC, and that was marked down too. But you have to imagine, again, they were still making money off that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the idea of deals. You know, It's like you get more people to buy them because they're cheaper. Yeah. And, and you still get money because more people are buying them. The problem is that I bet they were looking at these sales that... Activision gets for Call of Duty, which sells, I don't even know how much, like 30 million copies or whatever, but they keep pumping them out to try to get it, and I'm willing to bet now if they release the sale numbers on those, they would see a diminishing returns, because people are getting burnt out on Call of Duty, and but now everyone's in the mind that if you don't sell like 10 million copies, it's a weak sales or bad sales, like we had the same problem with... Um, Oh, shit. Who are they? Uh, the guys who do Final Fantasy. Oh, Square Enix? Square Enix yeah. said that Tomb Raider 2013 and Hitman, con- uh, not contracts, uh, Absolution were weak sales, and they sold something like 1.7 million was uh, Hitman or something like that. And Hitman is a series that never was big. I mean, it was always strong, but like Hitman Absolution was the fifth game in the series, and most people don't even know. You guys probably don't even know what Hitman is. Nope. And that's the thing, like, that was never a strong series, but selling that many, I would consider it a success. And it was a really good game, so you had good positive reviews on it. I, this is dumb for them to say that it sold weak, especially with, if you took it back to 2013, where the Alien series was, everyone was, it was thrown in the towel, because Colonial Marines was bad. Mm. Really bad. These guys are lucky they got anyone to buy this game. Yeah, and, and on top of that, Alien Isolation was brought to you by Creative Assembly, who mostly does... RTS games, and they're usually known for... They did the Total Rome series, I think, and they're known for doing, like, um, little buggy games that come out. Like, they, they need to patch it a lot. Alien Isolation didn't need so many patches. I don't even think it needed many at all. Like, I played it day one on Xbox 360, not one, or PS3, or anything. I played it on the 360, and it wasn't... I didn't come into a single bug. 
That's pretty impressive for a company that always does buggy. This thing had a lot going against it, and it still sold 2.11 million. I think it's bullshit. That's all. Anything to add? Nope. Sorry. I'm the only, I'm the gamer of this of this group here, and I just get a little passionate. I'm sorry. No, it's good. That's what this is about. What does uh, Alien Isolation have in the way of online play? None. Scoreboards. There you go. That's why it's... 2.11 for a single-player game in a strongly competitive multiplayer exactly. market. You know? That's wonderful. Yeah. It should be wonderful. It should be wonderful. And the thing is, it's, it offers a solid 20 hours of the single-player. Mm-hmm. I think that's strong for a single-player game. Uh, we were playing the challenge modes last night, and, you know, though we only played for like an hour, because I'll be scared. <laughs> it's a scary game. It's, it's a terrifying game. I thought there's a lot of replayability in there. There's a lot of things you can do. The, the alien doesn't react the same way for anybody. You could probably run the game about 50, 60, 70 times and never see the alien do the same thing. You can manipulate it to do things. That's what makes it interesting. Well, that's unique. Yes. You know? Yeah, because like when Birch was playing it, he, uh, on one of the, the fake scares, opened up a flare and the alien actually killed him. In because... a point of the game where the alien's not supposed to attack you. Yeah. According to Bill. Well, it's... In the, in the many times you would play the game, he had never been there. No, because it's this setup for it to show up. Mm-hmm. You see it kill somebody off in the shadows, and you're supposed to be afraid, so you're supposed to crawl, crawl around and wait for this thing. It's a great tension-building moment. Birch was like, I want to see him. Opens the flare, and I'm like, that's not going to happen. This is this is a game that won't do that. He shows up and murders him. This is That's what I love about the game. Every time is different. For me. So, Sega... Stop being dumb. Obi, what's the next topic? Uh, Blade Runner 2. Bill, you want to talk about Blade Runner? No! I never saw the film until you showed me okay. it. I'll get a lot of hate mail because I'm one of the people who likes the original cut. And you can go ahead and write to us at overcoupleofdrinks at gmail.com and tell me why the director's cut is better. And I will delete them and not read them. Because <laughs> we don't read that shit. Because you are wrong. Okay. I like the shitty narration, okay? Because this whole director's cut added a scene from Ridley Scott's legend about a unicorn that made the main character possibly a clone replicant. Because believe it or not, people, replicants are not robots. They're clones. And um, changes the whole fundamental idea of the story. Because the story is in a neo-noir set in the future five years from now. And... Uh, <laughs> is this set in 2020? <laughs> it's set in 2020. Um, and... Uh, he is this bounty hunter who hunts down replicants who are manufactured people who do jobs out in outer space that aren't allowed on Earth because of problems. Five of them come to Earth, and uh, they need him back because he retired and he was the best Blade Runner. And he's out because he got had a hard time killing these things who looked and acted like humans, and he had a hard time pulling the trigger anymore. And... You know, it's him kind of fundamentally figuring out, can he still do it? He has to still do it. These things are still very dangerous. He falls in love with one. And it's this great noir story about, you know, what it takes to be an actual person. And are you doing the right thing? And at the end of the day, nothing is ever right. And everybody says, oh, it has a happy ending because he goes away with the replicant that he fell in love with who doesn't have an expiration date. But the thing is, if you read into it a little bit more, it's not a happy ending because she could die tomorrow or she could live longer than him kind of thing. And then the director's cut is that it changes that he is actually a replicant and he was programmed to do all these things and be the world's best Blade Runner. And it's just, it takes away a lot of the heart and soul for me. And honestly, that's why I started to hate Ridley Scott and Prometheus. We don't talk about Prometheus. So when I heard they're doing Blade Runner 2, I just, I'm not interested. I don't care. 
I have the copy of what I want over there. I even have the sister movie called Soldier, which starts Kurt Russell. It takes place at the same time. Most people don't like it, but I'm a Kurt Russell fanatic, and I love everything he does. I'll 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 buy what is it Sky High if I find it on DVD I will mm. buy that. <laughs> it's not good, but I love it. So the idea of Blade Runner two and Harrison Ford coming back is just Harrison Ford's doing a lot of sequels lately. Indiana Jones five got confirmed, which we don't know if it's going to be him though. Yeah, Last time I'm still hearing I'm still hearing Chris Pratt. Oh, which, that's right. Which again everyone's questioning, but I my brother and I like five ten years ago said that they should just get Nathan Fillion to do it and be like the new James Bond where Indiana Jones always fights Nazis in the 30s, or, you know, and the actor just keeps changing. No one's going to have a real problem with that. Nobody wants to see Old Man uh, Indy. Some people might, but I personally wouldn't. I well, mean. you'd have Nathan Fillion playing Indiana Jones. Does anybody have a problem with that? No. no. But now we're getting Chris Pratt, who's basically our Nathan Fillion of this, you know, mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So, Blade Runner 2, I don't care. I, I'm purposely staying away from it. No. That's me. Um... Let's go back to LB. Um, what do you feel about these uh, in final talks for, I don't remember his actual name, the guy who played Ender Wigan in Ender's Game? Uh, is it like Asa? Asa Butterfield. Asa Butterfield. Is yeah. in final talks, maybe question mark, to play Spider-Man. There's some reports coming in, apparent reports, I don't even know what the sources that is, but um, there's say, some people are actually claiming that he has already been cast as Spider-Man. Others are claiming he's in like the very last talks of negotiation. But regardless, it sounds like he's getting very close to the role. So, I will say this: of the six people that they had, pre- five or six or whatever yeah. people they had previously said were in like the final cut, uh, he has the most name recognition. Um, and I think he's the only person I knew that made the list. Mm-hmm. And I. I mean, as an actor, I like him. Um, whether he fits the bill as Spider-Man is... I don't know. I thought Andrew Garfield was a terrible choice for Spider-Man. And I ended up liking him. Yeah. So, I... I it could go either way for me. The the thing I like about Ender, I will always call him Ender, because it's one of the first things I saw him in. And I'm always one of those people who, if I don't know how to pronounce his name, I pick a... Roll yep. with it. Steve Buscemi was Rex for the longest time from Airheads. You know, yeah. Okay, just just deal with that. This guy uh, literally looks like LB if it was like his younger brother. And to me, LB is my my quintessential Peter Parker lookalike. So I'm okay with the lookalike of him as Peter Parker. It just depends on the writing. Well, okay, uh, him as Peter Parker, we also kind of see it as this shy type in Ender's Game. Again, another strong suit for him to play Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. It depends on the writing if we're going to get the quippy Spider-Man that we need that we started to see with Andrew Garfield. We almost got it. We were almost there. And then they fucked it all up. Yep. Yeah, the one thing I like about Asa Butterfield is he does have the, he's, you know, got the shorter, he's, but he's got the slimmer build. You know, some of the other people they were looking at as for Peter Parker were, like, pretty stocky guys and it just doesn't, no, he has this, work. He has this beanpole look that if they add the right type of, like, runner's muscle to him, they'll have that quintessential uh, skinny but muscular look mm-hmm. for Spider-Man, which is kind mm-hmm. of key. So, uh, Birch, what do you think of him? I think he... I like that he looks very different from Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to go in as different a direction as the, from the past as we possibly can, because we just do. Um... <laughs> Plus, I think one of the main things that uh, I believe it was either Kevin Feige or maybe Joss Whedon was talking about in an interview was that they really wanted Spider-Man to kind of be the youthful hero as opposed to all these 
real veterans that he's going to be working with in Civil War or fighting with or who knows what. Um, and I think it, based on his look, I don't know. I did not see Ender's Game and I don't know his work very well. But from just his look alone, I'm like, okay, this is different. This is new. And I think it could be potentially really exciting for Spider-Man. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you when on Top Shelf when we find out more. Yep. Because that's where this, this whole segment's going from the podcast. Ooh. It's, it's going to be gone. Uh, so for our last topic of, uh, news you can use for podcasts, uh, Birch, why don't you tell us about the, uh, Cause hell, my, cause it's my the hell you've unleashed on Earth. This is my fault. Okay. I feel regret in my soul. Because you paid money to see this fucking film. Five whole dollars. Got us the sequel. I could have gone out and bought, a, like, a small pizza somewhere, but nope. Decided to go see this movie. Um, best pizza I ever bought would cost five bucks. Bought it from a street vendor in downtown Grand Rapids in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> you have a did it have macaroni on it? No, you have more faith in the human race than I do. Um, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, um, twenty sixteen is going to be a great year for comic book movies. Everybody, just if anyone likes to look at the lineup, it's huge. Uh, but there is at least one movie that none of us care about besides Gambit. Um, Ninja Turtles two is coming out, and well, there's some casting updates since the last time we talked about this shit. Um, first of all, most recently, uh, Gary Anthony Williams, I think his name was. Uh, yep. Um, he, you guys remember Malcolm in the Middle? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Malcolm in the Middle, there was a character named Stevie who was in a wheelchair and yep. he had asthma. Yep. And that character had a father in the show. And the actor who played his father <laughs> was this guy. Has been cast as Bebop. In the Ninja Turtles sequel. Now, to not rag on it so hard, he was, uh, he does, he's done a lot of voice acting. He was, uh, Uncle Ruckus in the Boondocks. So yeah. it sounds like he's just the voice actor, because I, I'm guessing the character is oh, it's CG. I, I would hope, Jesus God, um, I don't know if you could make a realistically boar thing. The boar monster? Um, um animatronics. Yes, uh, please. Yeah, I'd be down with it if they actually do it. They're not good though. After seeing those turtles, I doubt it. Um, mm. uh, but um, they said about his character, they said he's going to be like a punk street gang leader who thinks he's very intelligent and macho and he's not actually. So it sounds like every other gang member in a movie I've ever seen. Um, cliche is cliche. We have no casting for Rocksteady yet, but they have confirmed he's obviously going to be in it because you wouldn't put Bebop in it and not Rocksteady. That'd be weird. Um, and apart from that, we all know Stephen Amell, or whatever, how you pronounce his last name, is playing Casey Jones. We've seen some pictures of him now on set, and he looks fine. It looks, it almost looks too much like the comic books for something that doesn't look anything like the comic books. Mm -hmm. And that kind of is a little disjointed to me. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, uh, Tyler Perry is playing Baxter Stockman. Yeah, that Tyler Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's been some set videos released of him chatting with April, and, I don't know, I just, I can't get over the fact that it's, it's Tyler Perry, Medea goes to fucking build Mausers, um, and it, as much as I hear about this movie, I know that they, oh, they've cast a new Shredder as well, the, a new actor has been cast as the Shredder, we don't know if that means... Shredder is just being played by a new guy, or Bri- it means Brian perhaps... T is playing him. Yes, and there's a rumor that, well, not a rumor, I guess just a theory, that the Shredder was killed at the end of the first movie, and this is a new Shredder. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm looking him up right now. 
I mean, likely he's just a new actor playing the same guy because he's wearing a mask. So it's not like it's hard. I don't know. So I didn't see the first movie. Did they just remove any connection the Shredder had to yes. anything? Okay. Yes, it was very and yet, painful. And yet they forgot that sometimes because when Splinter first saw him, you'd think they were worst enemies. Yeah. He's like, you at last. And I was like, you've never met. <laughs> yeah, you've never met him, and yet you know who he is. And he's just like, uh, fucking rat is talking to me? Okay. Ugh. So that movie's happening, and none of us want it. But it's happening, and I, I'm not. Fool me once, <laughs> you fucks. <laughs> and it's, I will be downloading the shit out of it. Because um, I, I think I have to see it as a fan, but I'm not going to spend money on it. Um, but... I mean, if some miracle pulls through, and it's actually kind of good... They'd, they'd have to redo the entire turtle design, yes. and they're not going to put that money into that. No. Oh, I forgot. Cameo, or maybe... Well, maybe it's a main character for all I know. Um, the original April O'Neil, whose name escapes me. Judith something. Yeah. Uh, April O'Neil in the 90s movies. Uh, no, movie. She was in one. She wasn't in the second one? She was not in the second one. It was a different person. Oh, well, I haven't seen that in a while. Um... She's back. She's we've seen pictures of her on set in like a suit-ish thing, so maybe she's April's new boss, or maybe she's just her wacky buddy who talks about her adventures. Um but regardless, she's there. Or maybe she's just there to tell Megan Fox to stop doing what she's doing. Please. <laughs> Alright, that's You know what? I hope I hope she is April O'Neil. I hope they pull what they did with that animated movie crossover, and they bring back the four original live-action turtles and, and they do a universe the mashup. Yes, what is it? Turtles Forever. Turtles Forever. Except I that was it. a that was a great, great special. It yeah, was okay. Yeah. I thought it was good. Well, my problem was that it it, it ragged too hard on the '88 cartoon. It, it did, and that I mean the fact that it was made by the people who made who were in charge of the 2003 series. Was obviously they were like we're so much cooler than them we're that, so much better than it them. became ego stroking too much instead of yeah properly it should have been fun nostalgia yeah it should it wasn't it should it should have built off of each other instead of having like yes having them do goofy things but I have the idea that when it came down to it they still kicked ass a lot and plus I wanted to see like a serious version of Bebop and Rocksteady and like two Shredders yeah. and two Krangs well and it's like I mean I guess we're going slightly off topic but um in the original series, did, did y'all watch the first five episodes? I have it over there. Of course I have. It's great. The first five episodes, which is the entire first season of that original show, is great. And after that, things got silly. But yeah, those five, even even when the show was at its worst, well, maybe not worst, but at some point in the in the preceding, you know, ensuing ten seasons, um, the turtles weren't stupid. No. They weren't goofy motherfuckers who had no idea what they were doing. They still knew when to be serious. Especially Leonardo, my god. But then in this in this special No, they're all just they hear the word pizza and they turn into blithering idiots. It was that was my only problem with that. Yeah. Alright, we'll be right back with our actual topics. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a bit. Welcome back to Over a Couple of Drinks. We're talking about our topics tonight. Uh, Bert, you want to tell us what we're talking about tonight? Uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll probably kick it off um, talking about some more Marvel like we've been. Um, this one is specifically about Agent Coulson. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. 
Um, next we're going to talk about some costumes in movies, uh, comic book movies, particularly. There's things that don't work or do work. And then remakes of remakes of remakes of remakes of games. Alright, so, uh, LB, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about video games. We've been talking about a lot of movies, so yeah, yeah let's talk about uh, video games. And my, my idea was that I saw this picture on Reddit today, so probably a while back, was that's, uh, the new genre, the new, uh, fad for gaming right now is buying remakes of remakes of video games as this guy shows, uh, Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X 2 and then Final Fantasy the 10 bundle for PS3 and then a Final Fantasy bundle for PS4 going, yep, that's all we do now is buy these old games over and over again. And I'm starting to think maybe it's becoming a problem because you look at all of these past games that were out like the Master Chief Collection, so you could play Halo 1, 2, and 3 on Xbox One and stuff like that, where it's just like, they're not really putting in effort anymore. They're just trying to sell you $60 games that you already own. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, the, they market it like it's like, you need this. Yeah. You should want this. Uh, it's like the big thing of everybody crying for... Uh, uh, it, oh, the, the perfect example is like everyone wanted a Final Fantasy VII HD true remake, where the graphics would be better and all that stuff. And uh, Square Enix herds, they just want Final Fantasy VII back. So they're re-releasing Final Fantasy VII as is for, like, download. And everyone's like, what that's the not, fuck? That's not what we said. Yeah, no, and it's... Uh, Grim Fandango is another perfect example of this quintessential, amazing, point-and-click adventure game that was just great. And the problem is, if you owned the copy of the CD or whatever, one, you'd have to install a virtual desktop to even install the damn thing. And two, because of modern processors, it makes one puzzle impossible to finish. So if some other people had to patch it out, so your processor would run slower, so to, like, I think it's like a falling crate or something, you could actually get past. And it was unplayable kind of thing. They re-released an HD, I, I'm using finger quotes here, version of it, they didn't HD anything. It's still the same graphics that's just now playable on modern things. And it's just the recently things have gotten lazy. I own the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Monkey Island games, one and two, mm. on my Xbox that are true HD updates. You can switch between classic view and the, like, the new HD hand-drawn things. Uh, DuckTales remake? Duck, DuckTales, that's a great one because they went through... All, they got all voice actors to come back. They made it a little bit more cinematic. Some people didn't like that. But to me, the gameplay was still solid. Mm-hmm. Those are true HD remakes. This bullshit is not. And I'm wondering, is it becoming an actual problem? See, the issue that... I mean, it all comes down to money. Every time they make a new console now, you can't play your old games on that new console. I mean, Xbox and- 360 can play a lot of old Xbox games, but Xbox One... You can't play any older games. It doesn't work. No. So you would have if what they're doing is they're saying, hey, now you can play, for example, in the Halo collection, you can play all those old Halo games on your Xbox One. So why don't you go to GameStop, sell your games for about five dollars, and then buy you're being a, too modest. Yeah, a buck fifty. Yeah, but see, <laughs> and the thing is, you, you're going to say, why would I buy this collection again when I already own the game? Yeah. May allow me to play it for free since mm-hmm. I already bought it on the new system. Now, they're not going to do that. So, they release it in this bundle with something added in 
HD remake or some special features to say, hey, this is new and different. You don't have this, even though you already do. That's what it all comes down to. And here's the thing. This is going off of a rant that you can hear other places a lot better than here. But we're just going to say it because if you missed it, this is your cross-section. We're making sure you grab it. Is that if you want something to change, especially in the video game industry, which is still rather young and still learning a lot of things, you have to make sure you do it with your wallet, not with your mouth. This is the only thing they listen to. You want to stop pre-order bonuses and bullshit like that? Then stop pre-ordering games. Wait for a review to come out. All right? If you have the $60 to buy it, don't give it to GameStop. Wait till it's out. It, I promise you will get a copy of the game. Because it's not going to run out. Because the things are these these things are getting outrageous. Perfect example: Alien Isolation. I love that game to death. The pre-order bonus got to play as the original cast who came back to do the voice work for the game from Alien. So Sigourney Weaver, you could play as her, but that was hidden behind. That was, you couldn't get it because it was behind a paywall. You had to pre-order. That's bullshit. HD remakes are bullshit. Unless they put the time and effort into it. Alright? If, if a Final Fantasy VII ever came out with modern graphics so they're not block figures, I would say it'd be worth the 60 bucks kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. If it was a real, real, we put work into this game. Yeah, but this half-assed shit needs to stop. Or you need to put it out as a download only for like 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. I think they did that with what? Beyond Good and Evil was like a $15 game? That was fine because you know what? Finding Beyond Good and Evil in like a physical copy would be five, ten bucks. So paying five more bucks for the convenience, that's fine. And you know, it, even Nintendo had a good idea with the Wii, but their their prices were still outrageous. Five bucks for any NES game? I don't think so. Try again. Okay, this should have been a dollar for NES games. Mm-hmm. Like four bucks for a Super, and then like seven bucks for which I think which was sixty four games or seven bucks, but. I mean, that that would make sense, you know, but the, I don't know. I'm upset. Uh, to be fair, uh, things like um, Majora's Mask 3D or uh, Ocarina oh. of Time 3D, they, those were built from the ground up. Those are worth the price. And they're only $30 because they're on the, uh, 3DS. The, the 3DS. So it's not like they're asking for a lot of money, but you are getting a great game that is now updated. And like especially the uh, Majora's Mask, since it came out with the new 3DS that came with the right stick toggle, you could actually control the camera with it. Hmm. So things like that, worth it. Things like Grim Fandango, yes, you can now play it, but it's not worth the price tag they're asking because they didn't put any effort into it. It's a cash grab. You know? I'm having problems with these. Mm-hmm. You guys got anything to add to that? No. Nope. I, just... I agree. Bobby did. <laughs> Bobby's got a real problem with that. Thank you, buddy. Um... I agree that the gaming industry, and I don't think about it much, you know, because video games have been around since I was born, but not, I mean, they've been, I mean, they were like brand new then, and, and um, yeah, it is it is still a new industry, and it's it's interesting to, to look at that and see the mistakes that, that are being made, and the, and the good things that are being made, too, but there's also a lot, mistakes. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad, and people need to realize that playing on the internet or even a podcast isn't going to do anything. You have to pay with your wallet. Mm-hmm. That's how they know change. In fact, so far for 2015, I haven't pre-ordered a single game because I'm going pre-order free. Now, that pains me because I wanted Mortal Kombat X, and they hit Goro, fucking the four-armed badass, behind a paywall. Behind a fuck Goro! The mini-boss from hell that was harder than Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat. Hey, asshole, those sunglasses were $500, Goro, okay? Mm-hmm. Behind a paywall. 
You wrap your head around that. And you go, but Bill, if you were going to buy it anyways, why don't you throw your money down? Because that's how they get you. It's the this principle. is my Lewis Black moment. It's the principle of the thing. The principle of the it's point the is... the principle of the thing. It's the same problem with DLC and expansion packs, is that they're just trying to get your money anyway, mm-hmm. and we're all being stupid sheep and, and letting them do that. Birch, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, let's do Coulson. Okay. This is what I thought about today. Um, don't remember where I read this, but it was a recent interview with Joss Whedon. Who's cleaning out all of his dirty laundry with Marvel that yes, he's leaving. Yes, he is. Uh, and I, I'm all the more for him doing that. I just think it's the best thing for him to do right now. Um, but Joss Whedon was saying that he, he gets asked all the time about, hey, so um, we've gone through almost all of Phase 2 now. And we haven't seen a hair of Agent Coulson. Um, as we all know, Agent Coulson is currently the frontrunner of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and that's kind of where he's staying right now. And they basically asked Joss Whedon, do you, do you think that there's any way of incorporating Agent Coulson back into the films? Because for all the Avengers know, he is dead. They, I mean, unless they've been told off screen or something, which I, I don't know, kind of doubt, um, they think he's dead. And Joss Whedon basically said, in, in my mind, he has always been dead. Yeah, he he died for a reason in the Avengers, and he said that when he was watching the Avengers with his son, um, he said that it just it felt odd to watch those that moment when when Nick Fury puts the team together and says, you know, we're doing this for Agent Coulson now when he's not actually dead. Um, and it yeah, so basically, uh, Joss Whedon said in his mind, Agents of Shield is. You know, it's separate but still the same. But it's he. Actually, I think he he joked saying that uh, Coulson coming back to life was just a, like a pipe dream or something like that. Um, that it's like his last few seconds of life. Yeah. He, the whole Agents of Shield, which is weird because like one of the first things when before Agents of Shield came out, he said that there is no Agents of Shield without Phil Coulson. Yeah. Which is a yeah. weird thing to say, and you know, honestly, as a fan of Agents of Shield. Because it has gotten a lot better. You know, I, I will agree that the first, like, six episodes or so were bad. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten a lot better now that they do these things that connect back into the Marvelverse that's nice. Yep. And, though, like, the connection to Age of Ultron, spoilers, is that uh, Coulson has been spending all the money S.H.I.E.L.D. has to rebuild a helicarrier. Which causes a lot of melodrama in the show because people think he's hiding something. And he goes, I am hiding something. I built the helicarrier for Fury. And he's the one who finds out where Stucker is for Age of Ultron and tells Maria Hill so she can tell the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So there's these like little things that feed up into it. And, and if you, it's like it's like you don't have to watch the show to get them in the movie. No, but it doesn't hurt. But it also it's kind of like you know Robert Downey Jr. saying I would love to be on Agents of Shield. I just have to work out a deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's fantastic. You know, I think uh, Hawkeye wanted to be on it, and uh, uh, Chris Pratt said if you can get Star Lord there, he'll be there in a heartbeat. Yep. And that's the thing, like, these people want to be in the show, stop treating it like it's the kitty corner. In my mind, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has proven itself, and has tackled a lot of good issues, and is setting up the foreground for the Inhumans movie, which is still, like, what, three years away? It's the final film of Phase 3. Yeah, and And they've set up a pretty decent basis, because they deal with the Inhumans in Season 2 rather well, and I think they do it rather well. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, this is a good place where C-rate heroes go. And it should be keep continue to do it. I'm excited to see more. Do I want Coulson in the movies? Yes, because I love Agent Coulson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think him being dead, it worked for the movie. But like the show does a good job of explaining 
what happened to him in season one and season two you get a lot more clarity honestly at this point really the funny thing is um at the end of season two besides the cliffhanger all of shield's the show's dirty laundry like secrets all have been answered Mm -hmm. colson coming back to live and any other ones everyone has had a story and it has been told i thought it was kind of amazing that instead of trying to hold on to like certain secrets here and there like shows try to do for a long time lost um and it doesn't pay out this show has been doing it so i don't know would i want him back in the movies yes uh do i want him off the show no no oh, i don't think he's ever going off the show no, no. and uh, i think even with joss whedon walking out uh, i think the marvel boys will put him back in i'm willing to bet the agents of shield will show up for infinity wars i i'd be willing to bet that as well so they have to yeah yeah especially with you know they said the defenders are going to be there and it's like, why not make it a big culmination of all the pieces of the same universe? So. Okay. Uh, so, I guess let's take a vote. Vote. Do you want Coulson back? LB. Yes. Uh, Birch. I, it's it's not that I, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I could live with him not being there because I can see, you know, I, I can see him sticking with S.H.I.E.L.D. and letting that be his thing. But I do like him a lot as a character. So, yeah, why not? Yep, and I want him back too because... More Coulson is always a good thing, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last topic for this evening is uh, we're going to just free talk about costumes and TV shows and movies, uh, what we think works, what we think don't work, uh, what was good, what was bad, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because this is coming off uh, fresh off the heels of us doing the Daredevil thing, and everybody was worried about the Daredevil pre-photos of the final costume, yep. and uh, I was one of the people who worried about it, and I thought it looked great. LB didn't like it so much. Uh, you liked it, right, Bert? I liked it a lot. I, it, um, we, Bill and I both agreed that uh, it looked better in motion. It looked much better. Like, in the, the, this picture they released, I mean, what was it? Charlie Charlie Cox. Cox. His, his it, face was all scrunched up in the so cowl. He looks so derpy. Yeah. In that poster, he it, just looks very derpy. It didn't look like it lined up right. Mm-hmm. And then in motion, it looked fluid and yeah. sleek. And the most complaints I read about it was that it wasn't all red, it wasn't a skin-tight bodysuit, and it didn't have the DD on it, all of which I can live without. Yeah, I don't need the DD on Daredevil, especially since at that point in the TV show, spoilers, he didn't have the title Daredevil. Yep. It wasn't until afterwards, where you kind of felt like it was put on the fly. Uh, So I guess, what other costumes in movies and TV shows do you think worked and didn't work? Um, Well, I think uh, one of the... I'll, I'll pose this question for debate. Um, the, first of all, the internet hates everything. Um, but, yes. But uh, one of the things I've noticed about, like, I've figured it's come down to is, well, when a, when a new superhero movie is announced, what's one of the first things we ask besides who's playing them? Is what are they going to look like? Um, and you've got some people who are so, I think it should be just like the comic. It should look just like it and whatever. And there are some people who are like, I want it to be different from the comic, because it's not the same medium as a comic, and I would love to see them try some new interpretation of it. Um, and I, th- I guess it's like, what what do we think works better? when they? St- what's more important to a costume? Faithfulness to the source material or originality? Um, both. Yeah. Because you look at, you know, originality and faithfulness and the X-Men movies through both those out the window. Yep. They're incredibly boring black suits. Incredibly boring black suits. Until they bring back the classic... Remember when Beast comes in the third movie and he puts on his classic, his old oh, jacket, and it's, it's got the yellow X on it? That's yeah, like, awesome. Like, that was the one good thing out of X-Men 3, was that Beast looked like he was torn from the pages of the comic books. Mm-hmm. 
that was the best thing. And like you know, I, uh, Magneto looked pretty good for what they were doing, mm-hmm. but like the X Men themselves were just in boring black, black leather suits. suits. Yeah. Because uh, it was just bad. Like I until didn't... first class when they finally got to be in. Even then, it was just blue suits. They're flight suits. Yeah, they they looked yeah. bad even then. It, you know, you... there was an April Fool's joke that was released by like I think it was by Fox, and it was a picture of Wolverine, of Hugh Jackman in the classic costume, as if to say that this is the costume he's going to wear in X Men Apocalypse, and it was it was a joke, a cruel cruel joke. Um, I thought maybe it was finally happening. It was going to happen in Wolverine 2. Yeah. In The Wolverine. It was going to wear the costume at least once, but then they scrapped it. They scrapped it. I, just, I, I think uh, the boringness of the X-Men... I mean, you're dealing with a guy who can shoot laser beams out of his eyes. I think we can handle him in, like, a blue armored jumpsuit-looking yeah. thing with a gold visor. Or at least be inspired by that. Yeah, it's like... Sabretooth looked like a homeless guy. I mean, I mean, you... Uh, the toad was literally just a guy in a leather jacket. Mm. There was no originality. Mystique looked okay, except she was naked. She was naked. Why didn't she have her classic white dress? She could turn into anything she wants. Her attire doesn't matter. She's the perfect camouflage. She turns into whoever she sees. Mm. Her being naked was just stupid. Um, I don't know. Uh, this is also ha- like hot off the heels of like I thought was a Photoshop picture of of uh, Batflick's eyes. And it looks really weird. Does that look weird to you, too? It looks weird to me. I don't... Like, because everything we've seen hasn't shown no eyes or, like, uh, cast shadow. I don't know what it is about that picture, but every time I look at it, it's... Are we all on the same page? It's the one way where he's, like, just staring right at the camera. It's the poster it's black and white. Yeah. It's... It's well, the, it's the one it's like what you have for your camera phone. Yes, you've seen it. But it's um, like but they remove the the Superman logo and you see his eyes and it just it looks just off. It just looks off. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the cowl or if it's his or, eyes. Or it's just the lack of depth because it's a straight on shot because yeah. because Or the fact that he has no neck. I don't know, yeah. Um but the costume itself looks fantastic. It's just that him straight on looks weird. Yeah. And he looked better in the trailer. Yeah. And um, uh, I mean uh LB's falling asleep over here. No, I'm just waiting. What do you want to say? I was going to talk about a different character altogether. Who? Spider-Man. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 had the perfect costume ever. It just too bad it was a shit show of a movie. But that costume was great. I was going to disagree. Yeah? The big white eyes? The big white eyes! I love Spider-Man. You have the webs I his arms? Hold on. <laughs> I absolutely love Spider-Man. I have always hated his classic costume. Big, big, big moment here. Yeah. Elby is dead to me. I have always. I will hated not it. listen to his heresy anymore. Every time I played a Spider-Man video game, as soon as some alternate costume was available, you supposed to. I snagged it up because I love the character, hate the costume, think it looks dumb. I thought it looked the way they did it in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. I thought it looked pretty great. Um, even the black suit thought it looked pretty cool. I oh, actually liked... my God, he is dead to me. I actually liked the Amazing Spider-Man 1 costume. See, because I, it was I, new I, and I different. I liked that one. It didn't look bad. It didn't look bad. It fit with the rest of the movie, the way they're, you know... And when they brought back the classic look for the next movie, I thought it looked incredibly out of place. It didn't fit at all. Hmm. Dead to me. <laughs> you are dead. You. First trailer of Spider Man 3 shows the, I'm using air quotes again, black suit 
And I said, this movie will be shit. And turned it off. I was in our green room. Everyone looked at me puzzling. And I said, this movie will be shit. And everyone disagreed with me. And I fought for like a year and a half telling everybody how bad that movie is. Fun fact, because I had it so low standards, I actually liked it. It's over there on the shelf. <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my brother I, got it for me for Christmas because my brother doesn't like me. I I, uh, I I I know it's bad. I know it's terrible. I, I but I dug it such a hole that I said this will be shit because you ruined the second most iconic costume of Spider-Man for all fucking time, and you couldn't put the giant Venom logo on him. I'll give you that. You couldn't put the class. This is equally the besides the classic suit, the most iconic Spider-Man costume, or even alternative costume for any superhero for fucking ever, and you failed hard. This was like so hardly. I, words can't describe how bad they fucked it up. And I went, "Nope, this movie's gonna suck. Fuck you." And you liked it. You liked it? That's, well, I thought it looked cool, but now that you bring it up, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because all it is is the Venom suit, or the Venom symbiote going over the suit and changing its color to black. Yes. Rather than Making it being a suit, the symbiote itself being, being a suit. suit. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, using, and, and using the design of the costume as sort of a template. Yes. It kept the webbing. Instead of eliminating it, which the Venom costume does, it's which, just black. It would have been fine yeah. if it kept the template of it, but had the big white thing. Now, I granted, I know, I read Super Wars. The only reason why it has the white thing on it was because Peter Parker was had a hard-on for Spider-Girl at the time. No, Spider-Woman at the time, mm. who was Jessica Drew? No, that's the normal one. I don't remember who it was. Uh, it's still Jessica Drew. No, it wasn't Spider- Spider-Woman 1. It was Spider-Woman 2. Who had the basically Venom look costume, except she had red hair coming out. Mm. And he was like, man, I must have been thinking about her. And that's why it came out this way. But, again, you have easily the most iconic alternative costume for any superhero ever. I dare you to give me something else other than Red Superman that Mm. is more iconic than this fucking costume. And they blow it. Wolverine? Wolverine's which one? He started off with the yellow, went to orange, and then went back to yellow. Exactly. Okay, that's up there, but, there, but there's no one... There, everyone goes Wolverine, they think of the orange one. I mean, the orange one, I think of the orange one. Everyone thinks of the yellow one. Anyone who grew up in the in the 90s usually thinks of the yellow and blue one, because that was in the cartoon. It was yeah. in the cartoon, but I, I watched the Pride of the X-Men first, and then he had the orange one, and he was Australian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good show. He was a, he was a great pilot. Um, but yeah, they, they fucked that one up hard. I like that they went for Amazing Spider-Man 2. They went with the classic giant white eyes. They just needed the webbing underneath. And it looked good. I, I didn't hate the Amazing Spider-Man one. I didn't hate the Peter part, uh, the, the Sam Raimi ones. I thought they were all logical steps they made until we got the what everyone was more excited for, like the actual character to. I don't think the step from Amazing One to Amazing Two was logical. Why would he change the costume design? Well, to be fair, if you you want to start pulling that box of spiders out, I don't fucking know what was logical in that movie at all. I th- I think there is actually, and I'm not even kidding about this. I think there was a comic that they released as like a prequel to Amazing Spider-Man 2, which explained why he had the new costume. It was something like his old one kept getting ripped up, so Gwen made him a new one. 
Okay. I don't know. Like everything I'll, I'll else. Honest, I don't know. Ooh. I haven't actually seen the second movie. I've only watched the trailer. It's... Uh, you're not missing a whole lot. You're not missing a lot. You don't need to it's see it. It's got some fun moments. I'll say that. And it's a fun movie to watch, but then if you really think about it, you're like, oh, this isn't that good. It's when, a real mess. When you start pulling the threads, it quickly unravels, and you yeah. go, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Um, oh, they changed the writers. Yeah. Oh. Deadpool. I am so shocked at how real... Like, it looks like Good. he literally walked out of a comic book. Yeah. And I think that's thrilling for people to look at just, you know, it's like they're watching a comic book on, on, on the screen. Yeah. No, that's... Deadpool looks spot on. Let's talk about one that has conflicting uh, costumes in the same movie. Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Oh. What? Wait. See, so multiple... Co- no. Daredevil's costume looked like it was ripped from the comics and, you know, it was really, really good. But then you have... Bullseye. Oh. Who oh, was yeah. wearing well, a that leather movie, jacket. That movie had no idea what the fuck it wanted to be. Um, yeah, Daredevil's... Well, okay, I will argue Daredevil does not look like they from the costume because Daredevil, anyone who wears full leather can't move, first of all. Um, what are you talking about? I saw him leaping around the buildings. I saw him he looked like CG. <laughs> He looked just like I'm, he looked like a computer. I mean, for a functional idea that it was behind, I thought it looked all right until we saw Charlie Cox. And I'll never look at Ben Affleck Daredevil the same way again. I used to really like that movie. I still, I'll watch it. But uh, now that I know that there's something so much better. Okay, so we know that was um, shit. Let's 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 dive into the can of worms that is Batman. Oh, okay. Well, I've never seen a Batman costume that I hated besides the. The <laughs> Schumacher suit. ones. The Schumacher um, ones. But for the most part, like, Keaton Batman, I like it. it well, let's, let's talk uh, about the villains. Let's talk about, say, uh, Riddler, Two-Face, uh, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, okay. uh, even Scarecrow, or Bane. Okay, oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, again, I I like filmmakers to not feel like they are tied completely to the comics. If they choose to make them just like the comics, more power to them. If not, I'd like to see something interesting. Bane's mask was interesting to me. But I'm going to say Bane in the movie was better than Bane in the comics. Yeah. I liked it. And I know people who said specifically to my face, no, he should have worn the luchador mask because that's who Bane is. And I thought, do you have any idea how stupid that would have looked on film? Yes. <laughs> I, we're talking. We're thinking of the same person. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. That, that no. But, and, like, uh, the Scarecrow, I thought was really boring. Oh, and Batman Begins? Yeah. I don't know, I liked it. I, I wouldn't have minded more Scarecrow elements, but I got what they were going for. I mean, with, I mean, with the whole Nolan universe, they were, the whole thing was, you know, let's make this as if it were, you know, exaggerated reality, but still reality. Cell like, phone so, sonar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will never let that movie live it down. Because it was fucking batshit insane. Okay, back, back on top, back on top. Let's go bat back. Batshit insane. Ah, ah, I'm punny. Call yeah. me the Joker. Call me the punter. Let, uh, let's, um, let's. <laughs> punter. <laughs> really? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh, but then. Jim Carrey's the okay, Joker. Okay, how about, how about with the. Uh... Oh, Okay. I'm a fan of, you know what I really hate is that I, my favorite Riddler costume in that movie is the one that he wore the least. It's the one that when he first shows up in the lair and he's got the top hat with a bowler hat and the green mm. uh, suit. And he cane. pulls it off the mannequin or whatever. Yeah. And he, I was like, you look great. 
you look like the Riddler, and then he goes into that off like jumpsuit thingy, like skin tight, skin tight, the crotch showing, crotch showing yeah. jumpsuit, and I wasn't a fan of that. I wish he would have worn the other outfit more. Um, but, I think if uh, Tommy Jones's the uh, Two Face had a sane side, he would have been a really good <laughs> Two Face. <laughs> they both look crazy. He looks cra- he looks crazy, and, but... and the whole artistic look of that film. Why are there so many statues? Um, but it's, <laughs> but it's just, I mean, it was, it was 1995, <laughs> Jurassic Park had come out, and they knew how to make things look real, and they decided not to. Everything looks fake in that movie. Everything. It's uh, neon and fake. Do we even want to touch Batman and Robin, or nope. we're just gonna jump away from it? Okay, I will say this. Freeze's costume isn't that bad. Badass. I think Freeze... <laughs> I think yeah. I think Mr. Freeze looks pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and I'll 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 defend this till the day I fucking die. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger could have been a fantastic Mr. Freeze if they'd given him dialogue he could actually work with. Uh well, you didn't like Ice to meet you. No, I didn't. Hello. <laughs> Hello everybody. Chill. Like the costume, the look, the, the... Well, what you killed the dinosaurs. Now you say No, we're not making this a podcast about quotes from that movie. <laughs> um <laughs> Especially when he has that movie out right now, dating us again. Maggie, where apparently everyone's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger can act, and he has emotion, and we're like, wow, we could have used that in Mr. Freeze. <laughs> um, But then there's like, uh, let me think, what's another good example from those movies? Um, okay, well... The redesign he, of the Penguin. Yeah, you know, and they went with making him an, an, a monster. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Uh, Which the, I, I liked. The redesign uh, of Catwoman. LB, you want to talk about your experience with Catwoman from Batman Returns? <laughs> I cannot... Just, I, I couldn't describe it in a PG-rated way. Haha. <laughs> 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 I know we have an explicit warnings and such on this podcast, but I don't want to go and... It gave me a boner. <laughs> <laughs> was it your first? It was my first. <laughs> it's just we just shared a goddamn moment together, everybody. <laughs> Watching that movie, I don't know. We're, no, we're not wrapping up here. We're not done yet. We're, I, we're not done yet. Obviously, it wasn't the first time I watched that movie because I was like four. But <laughs> later on in life, rewatching the movie, I thought this is different. <laughs> okay, how, how about this with the um, with the DC universe? Um, Joker's gone through a lot of different looks. Whoa, a lot of different looks. Tattoos. Um, Tattoos. But, uh, I mean, is there any one of those looks we particularly have liked? From the... They've all been kind of similar. Except for tattoos. Tattoos. (laughs) I don't know. Joker's such a weird character to me to nail down. Because, I... I don't know. In my mind, Joker is still Mark Hamill. Mm. So if Mark Hamill's voice is attached, I'm there. Kind of thing. And that's that's what I'm at. Like everybody else is just kind of going through the steps for me. Well, now let's look at there's some pictures that leaked. It looks like he. Well, I think we talked about this, but it looks like he's wearing a white suit. As era, era like like Dark Knight Returns, all the Dark Knight Returns where and he goes into a comatonic. State. I feel like some people are people are. I've read it. People are getting upset because they want that purple suit because they don't know their comics. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, and well, then let's take with Batman and oh, Wonder Woman. We were gonna talk about that. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman. Like her, she looks her, so good. She looks good, and even she the drawings, so like, good. like the the concept art, if it's for real, that came out looks fantastic. Yeah. When they released the footage of like the, this interview thing, where this guy gets to go backstage and see really up close shots of all three of the main heroes' costumes, and they just look so good. 
And it's uh it's interesting because a lot of like the Suicide Squad cast, besides like like Harley and Deadshot, don't look like the comic. Well, I, I think of all of them, it's more um Deadshot looks spot on and Well, uh, yeah, he does. And Killer Croc looks spot on. Too because I mean he looks like a giant circus freak and I like it. Uh-huh. Harley, I'm going back and forth on that the idea that Here's this squad of like two guys who are like in full combat armor and like Deadshot who's in like his killing suit and they bring Harley Quinn around who's wearing hot pants, a tank top. Harley ass. Yeah, it's just what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. I'm uh, hoping it makes sense when we see the movie. And I'm not I'm not really sold on her. She looks more white trash than She looks like New Fifty Two to me. Yeah, okay. Ish. And more they're going in that direction anyway. I don't know what DC's going in the direction anymore, alright? We don't know yet. Um, that's that's how we started this podcast. Yeah, damn it, that's how we're gonna finish it. I think we're done. All right, we can wrap this up. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Please uh, download our shit from iTunes or whatever to get us more views. Uh, check out our YouTube page over a couple of drinks where we do the regulars, uh, Top Shelf, uh, Happy Hour, and some other shows on the way too. Because fuck what? it, we're doing everything. What shows? We haven't come up with a name for it yet. What are we talking about? Where I pay the bills for our bar tab. Go home, I'll be your drunk. <laughs> Alright, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm Bill. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm LB. I'll see you on the flip side. No, it's too late now, Bill. You can't do the thing. Yeah, now. we can totally do the thing right now. No. Yeah, we can. I said flip side. What's wrong with that? What? What? Why are you the Spider Man 2099 going? What are we doing? We're doing the exit. Oh. What's the exit?